When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Support the team at Waggle Golf. Local Minnesota brand and oh-so-comfortable clothing. Best hats, shirts, hoodies, and more. Endorsed by Bucciagrass, Carlo Koliakovo, and most importantly, the Soda Pod. Check them out at getyourwaggleon.com for the best damn golf apparel in the United States. GetYourWaggleOn.com today. Now back to the show. So today we have a little bit less orthodox of a scenario here if Billy G decides he's going to go more scorched earth and really wants to shake things up. Um, put together some things that we'll go back and forth a little bit here, Brett, and assess all of the pieces of the trade to make this work. But where my eyes are for this one is bringing in a, we'll put an asterisk with it, but affordable top line center, or at least top six center. And so there's two ways we could go about that. One's through free agency. We'll get into that later, which is a little bit more just, hey, do we want to pay to get this player or do we want to get someone for free off the market if they even wanted to sign here? My guy is Mark Shifley from the Winnipeg Jets. Um, And I know this is a guy that's been a little controversial of late as far as just some of his on-ice antics, but by and large, for what he makes and for who he is, I... Man, 6.125 for two more years. That in a vacuum is pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was longer than two more years, but unfortunately, it's only two. Yeah. Okay. Well, does that, would that get us in the buyouts or does that still leave us one? No, it still give us one more year of one more year. Yep. See, for me, and kind of to structure this and where I'm thinking about it, right? Not only is this a guy that's incredible to bring in and put on that first line, like, shit Zuccarello Kaprizov and him would be insane especially when you throw in the caveat of I'm sure this has already been broken actually or will be in this uh, round with Avalanche versus Oilers but this is one where like the stat it was so perfect only players to score seven goals in one series in the past decade Karol Kaprizov Mark Shifley but for me it's bringing in a guy that first off he's immediately the most talented center that we've ever had in franchise history, right? Like Miko Koivu, he covers a lot more like across the board, 200 foot game. But I think Mark Shifley offers more offensive prowess. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> huh? no, I, th- I mean, Ko- Koivu, I think 
my I mean, not to tangent, but like I think people always expected him to be more than he was, and that's why like more offensive than like he was supposed to be. And I think like people thought he was Bergeron, right? And I think like and we didn't really have you know, the analytics community didn't really start really infiltrating the mindsets of people until you know, kind of late in the 2010s when like Koi, like prime Koivu was one of the best defensive centers in the game, but there just wasn't enough people that knew it. Um, yeah. So I think from an offensive perspective, like Shifley, probably for sure. Um, yeah. I think you I'm could argue, him. I think you could argue like an Eric Stahl there too, but like probably not when he's with the wild, like prime Eric Stahl was probably better, but the sure. wild didn't have prime Eric Stahl. Um, but he sure did his best to trick us though. Holy shit. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah, and that was like, that's when like you know, I mean, Kaprizov ended up smashing that forty-two goal franchise record anyway. That was, I believe, was him and it was Stahl and Gabrick, and like Stahl did have forty-two that year. But I believe my dad said he went back and look. I believe seven of those forty-two were empty netters. Like, yeah, like great to be right place, right time. And I think Kaprizov, I looked it up this year, two of his I think were empty netters. Sure. So, like Kaprizov is the more free more goal scorer but big tangent there but yeah i think long story short i think yeah he would become easily the most offensively talented center at the wild have had play for their team yeah and for me the big piece here is kind of twofold i guess one bill Guerin is not going to accept the way that last season ended and if we essentially say that we're going to come back in with almost the same team minus kevin fiala i'm sorry that's just not something that's going to fly um the other piece for me, though, is looking at some of the young centers in the wings, right? Like Marco Rossi, in a perfect world, is not coming in to be your number one center right now. Like a lot of promise. You and I have been really high on him since seconds before the pick was made, right? But I think I, mean, I would having argue it was guy, months for me, but yes, I mean, <laughs> maybe like the, the real excitement. Years. I didn't think he'd still be there. And as soon as he no. was, it's like this could happen. Oh my God. <laughs> but being able to shelter him, right? Not make him be the guy. Give him that flexibility to step in and play with Boldy if if he's even ready to play in the NHL next year. Who knows? I think he is. But it, I think so, and I hope so. I still maintain the only reason he didn't play this year was completely and totally money and business related. I could see that being how it started, but then at the end of the year with him kind of playing through injury, I could see. Well, I mean, yeah, that I mean that, that that's another thing too, but. Yeah. Because I could could have seen him being a guy that got called up for the playoffs if he was healthy, like even if it's that game six shuffle, which like uh, now we're really going backwards. Um, who point here? I like Shifley because he establishes something that we haven't had at center. I sure. like that he gives our young guys time to adapt and grow. And two years that gets us through two years of the cap hell. And who knows? Like maybe it is a guy that you find a way to make work long term, depending on how other things fall and which guys Garen's uh, going to jettison out. Then the question becomes, what's his value, right? Because right. obviously we've seen it with guys like Dumba, like when it's a situation where you need to trade them either because of your cap situation or because the player wants out, it diminishes the value a little bit. But again, Shifley, the talent, the AAV that he's got makes it a little bit different situation I'd imagine. So just off the top of your head, like what do you see being an acceptable value for a Mark Shifley? Probably talking less warm bodies and more futures. I would think. Yeah. I mean, it's tough because obviously now you have to clear 
six, what was it? 6.2, right? Or something. This yeah. Cap hit. Yep. Yeah. So you have to find a way to fit in 6.2 million in addition to replacing probably Dumbo on your blue line, who is how you get rid of that um, part of it, I would think. And then Fiala is probably gone too. Um, so let's just focus on the piece of what's he cost. Because I've got other trades lined up to address all of that. I mean, I think if Winnipeg, I, I think Winnipeg would be interested in Fiala probably, but I don't think Fiala would be particularly interested in Winnipeg. And as sure. you know, I think we've, I think we touched on this on the opener, the, you know, in a Fiala trade that it's probably going to be a sign and trade situation, mm-hmm. um, where the other team that's trading for Fiala would have to know that Fiala is going to resign there. Um, so I don't foresee Winnipeg doing that. Um, would they take a Dumba? I mean, that blue line has been, eh, you know, kind of ever since the whole like Bufflin Truba exodus of the year, I, be- I believe is the year they bounced the wild from the playoffs. Um, and then their whole blue line kind of dissolved. Um, Dmitry Kulikov might've been on that blue line too. Now that I think about it. Um, but basically like for me, like you would have to probably be one of those roster players. So maybe a Jordan Greenway or a Matt Dumba, um, but even then like Dumba's a year away from unrestricted free agency. So like, does he do get it done? So I think like you said, maybe it goes to futures. Um, and if that's the case, I think, you know, we talked about them needing blue liners. So I think you could probably for sure include one of kind of those blue chip defensive prospects, whether that is maybe a Kalen Addison or mm-hmm. a Carson Lambos or a Jack Pert or a Damon Hunt or a Ryan O'Rourke. I mean, there's lots to pick from, yep. um, of like kind of that group. I don't think there's like, I mean, I think. Lambos and Addison are probably maybe just a slight tier ahead of the others, but I don't think there's a huge difference. I mean, there's different, they all play a different, a little bit different style, but it's, I think it's, do you want the offensive prowess or not? Right. right. Do you want the offensive prowess or do you want, you know, a, you know, more of a, a work type is me a little more of a stay at home. Right. Um, so it kind of depends what you're looking for in that sense. I think maybe one of those. Um, so here's what I've got. And then you can tell me how yeah. dumb it is. And then probably a second prospect, maybe like a Beckman in there or some sort of pick. Are you, are you reading my, okay, so this is where we're going to differ then. You're going to see it very different from me. And this is all immaterial to the roster, but what I have here listed out, cause I went very conservative as far as like what it's going to take. So like giving more, I said, Addison Beckman and our current first this year, because another piece is going to be getting an earlier first with Fiala. Yeah. I mean, I think the first might be a hair too much. So maybe it's removing Beckman. Yeah, or maybe or like adding maybe something like else a, that's not the first. Maybe it's a sec, you know, maybe it's the second sure. they just got for Johansson or something. Like maybe something sure. more of that ilk. Cause like I think Beckman as, you know, I think he's a middle six forward in the NHL, complimentary winger type. Um yeah. like a Kyler Yamamoto, I think is kind of like well, how if, you know, as a as a quick comp to Beckman, right? Like not necessarily going to be the all-star winger, but the guy that can just play alongside some more skilled players, play on the power play. I mean, he's got, and I'm not trying to compare them directly, right? But he has a lot of the vibe of like a Brian Rust, who it took him a long time yeah. to get to where he is, but he is the kind of guy that can literally play any role on the team. It's just a matter of finding that fit and like really having the cohesion with the guys right. that he's on a line with. Because yeah. Rust, like, dude, he literally anything from first to fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think ultimately too, it comes. You know, if you're Minnesota, it's you know, do you see a fit for this player in your future, and if so, where? You know, is 
adding someone now worth it for you. I think from a defensive standpoint, they wouldn't blink an eye at giving up one of those guys. Um, Beckman, I think, is probably in the mix for them. I think if you look at, you know, they have Kaprizov locked in for five years. They're going to have Boldy locked in for a while. Um, Greenway just got extended. Felino, I would think, would probably take an extension um, around a similar cap hit to what he's at. Like, they just extended Greenway, but as you and I have touched on, like, there are replacements more for that, you know, that ninth forward in a sense. So I think the Wild would maybe be willing to do that, but. Again, yeah. you know, how, how does Winnipeg project those guys too? Like they'd have to go oh, in and scout sure. them. And, like, and so. yeah, and for me, so that's where, like, again, I think we're both in agreement that you're either removing Beckman or it's not a first, it's a different pick, something of that level. But for this to get it done, we're just saying Addison Beckman and the current first. Yeah. And I, um, I would say, like, if you really wanted to, like, simplify it, like, two of our top 10 prospects in a, that, you know, a pick. 25 to 50 i think is kind of like if you wanted to broaden it a little bit right yep hockey fans the pursuit for the stanley cup is on and DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nhl has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in all sports new customers can bet five dollars on any team to win and get one hundred dollars in free bets no matter what win or lose looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs with DraftKings same game day parlays you can do just that create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win how many goals will be scored and more it's your shot at an even bigger payout DraftKings is safe secure and reliable Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I like that. Now this next one I think you're going to particularly like, and it's not to say that I even think this is their value or even understand what their value would be on the trade market. But part of freeing up space is going to be moving the guys that like, as it sits right now, don't have a clear spot on the roster. For me, two of them that are kind of easier to move are Kulikov and Jost, which I like Jost. I think there's ways to fit him in. I just think that's a waste to have him on your fourth line. So Uh, I, I agree. Unless, so, unless he's, if he, if you put him up like a Connor Dewar and like, God forbid, an Adam Beckman or something, like it would not be your typical fourth line. But like, that's the only scenario where I see Joe's being used for like playing with players sure. that can actually tap into the things he's really good at. Like, is he a good two way player? Yes, but he's not a guy that like wants to go out there for 40 seconds, spend it all in the defensive zone defending or go hard and bang a guy in the corner, right? Like, he wants yeah. to play more of that two way game. Um, like, the, the Delorier Duheim experience with him did not work. Um, and I think it was kind of the same problem in Colorado too. He's kind of pigeonholed onto a fourth line with these kind of these, you know, these grinders and stuff. And just never really got, I think he got some chances up the lineup, but I think it was too early in his career for him to be playing those big minutes. Like it's a very clear case of like, you know, we, we always like, Oh, why is there awesome thing? Why isn't Boldy playing? Like, that, that's a scenario. I think you point to like, this is a guy that was rushed, right? Like really highly thought of prospect drafted high, was rushed to the league and now because of it he's kind of i mean it's not his fault but he's kind of been <clears throat> yeah. screwed over so i think for his sake i would love to see him go somewhere where he could 
get it like almost like kind of when play Donato, real minutes. Yeah, like when Donato got to go to San Jose and get some tough, you know, some some bigger minutes or you know, a lot, you know, some of those guys that went to Seattle and expansion, right? That just kind of got those, you know, those bigger roles finally. Yeah. Um, I, I like to see him get that kind of opportunity just for his sake because I think the skill's there, but yeah, it's just there's no room for him now. Um, yeah. and if you bring in obviously a Shifley too, now you're already probably bumping Freddie Goudreau down a line cool. and Hartman too. So, like, you know, there's yeah. no, there's no spot for him to, to play in the top nine anywhere unless there's, mm-hmm. you know, you, probably two injuries maybe more so yep nope i think we're both in alignment on that so you're gonna really like this i am trading jost and kulikov both one left one year left on their deals a place that they're both gonna get ample playing time and hopefully be able to get themselves a good deal after this year arizona coyotes but the kicker here we're trading for their 2023 and 2024 fourth round picks because then they have no fourth round picks through 2024 <laughs> and they can't make another bullshit draft pick like they did with Mr. Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you could <laughs> maybe get a okay. little more for them, which if you do gravy, right? Yeah. like, And I like, just had to throw in taking away the fourths, especially since Mitch Miller just got uh, heralded for the <laughs> defenseman of the year in the USHL. So yeah, that's sc- just something. Sc- screw off hockey culture that's another conversation go to my twitter if you want that (laughs) yeah i mean that's i mean i think those are the types of teams you're looking at right you know i think i think kulikov would have suitors you know among any you know contender if you will i think anyone looking to bolster that third pair would would take it dimitri kulikov and like and as as we touched i think at nauseum on the last one like yes we have that sour taste from two very poor playoff games but the majority of the season, he was he was fine. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't too many games where you're like, "Oh my god, Kulikov was terrible." Like to me, it felt like for him it was like one in every ten. He was just brutal. There'd be like yeah. one really good game, and the other eight were like, eh, "He was fine." Yeah, and I mean, just like Jost, though, it's a matter of fit because mm-hmm. realistically, he's the seventh or eighth defenseman, depending on whether or not Addison's here. Like I feel like there's a lot of scenarios here where Kulikov is going to be the guy being sent because he's expendable and he costs more than both Merrill and Goligoski. Yeah. And Goligoski's not going anywhere because him and Garen have some kind of covenant together. Yeah. That like he somehow managed to get himself a no move clause at age, like whatever, 37. Right. So, I mean, kudos to him and his agent. Well done. Kudos to him. So, uh, what we effectively did there was remove a little bit more than 4 million in cap. Yep. So whether we're talking fourths, thirds, whatever it is, we're getting in return for the two of them. Moving out guys that we don't have spots for getting some kind of future and clearing up cap space. So mission accomplished there. Then the last one here, this is going to take finessing and I don't realistically see it happening. But a lot of people are salivating over potential trades with the New Jersey Devils. I know we're going to go over one next week that's going to be a lot more realistic. But fuck it. I don't care. I'm a huge Logan Cooley guy. We're talking about the first round pick, second overall. And how do you make something like that happen? You give them not only Kevin Fiala, but the biggest problem for their team, Mr. Cam Talbot. Solves their goaltending dilemma. I mean, I don't, I still think Blackwood's going to be fine. I just think that you that think. division, you think, the, I, th- I think he'll be fine. Like he's a starting goalie. I I don't think Talbot's an upgrade over Mackenzie Blackwood. I'd probably in the same tier, but no, now but I get, think having the two makes a big, right. Difference. Then you have a tandem. 
Yeah. Sure. But okay, now I'm curious to see how you address the Wilds goaltending situation. Oh, that, we can just skip right ahead to that then. Because <laughs> basically, it's paying Marc Andre Fleury and bringing in any goalie that's making a million dollars, which is very risky. Don't get me wrong, but the changes made in the lineup. Let's let's just get right to that then. So, changes in the lineup. First off, we just upgraded that first round pick, which is monumental for the future. Um, we have probably a handful of like, third or fourth round addition. So that's all pretty negligible in the grand scheme of things. But the roster is Mark Shifley centering Kaprizov and Zuccarello. Rossi centering Boldy and Hartman. Eck, Greenway, Felino, Shocker. And Goudreau centering Dewar and Duham. I mean, that's, I would say, an upgraded forward group, no? Yeah, I think so. Defense, we've got pretty much rolling back what we had before. Spurgeon Middleton, Dumba Brodeen, Goligoski Merrill. And then we've got Flurry and whoever Garen thinks is the next Talbot that he can snag for cheap and bring in that's just not performing properly because it's not the right team in front of him. I personally threw in a guy that I know you don't agree with, but this is just a placeholder. I said Charlie Lindgren for 750. But anyone that's like, 1.5 or lower is doable with the cap space that we're adding now for Middleton of an extra mill. Cause right now we've got a little wiggle room. Yeah. I guess like for me, when it comes to the goaltending, it's just like, do I want to spend, you know, whatever they're going to be, it'll be like almost probably 8 million in goaltending seven and a half. Like, do I want to spend that much? No. Um, but at the same time, do I too, need to, Probably. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like I just don't think that no matter if you if they stick with Talbot or if the, you know they go with scenario like yours and they trade Talbot, keep Flurry. I just don't see a world where either of those two can play like 60, 65 games. Mm-hmm. And like is a backup of Charlie Glengren's caliber someone that can shoulder a load of like 30, 35 games. Like right. that, like it, it's basically like you do bring it back Capo Kaka and like there was times like, yeah, could he play 30 games? Yeah, but it, you might lose half of them. Right. Yeah. So like, again, like that's it's that's the tricky part, right? Like the part I don't really have any decisions to make. There'll be goalies out there. Oh, yeah. Um, And maybe it's you you trade Talbot and you let Flurry walk and you bring in a Billy Huso in a backup. Right. Or something like sure. Which, again, that's a whole nother discussion. But like, sure, there are some goalie options out there. I guess it just depends on how much you want to spend. And again, where how much spending their effects were able to make moves elsewhere. No, that that's very fair. So, I mean, grand scheme of things here, the goalie piece needs work, but basically what we're saying is it's not going to be the flurry Talbot tandem. It's going to be some way of saving, but maybe it's bringing none of them back and going with the guy like Huso, which definitely interests me or finding a more veteran backup who can play like 30 games. Right that mm-hmm. makes a difference. Um, yeah, is it a, you know, a, a Thomas Grice or a Yaroslav Halak or someone, right? Like later in their career, like, I mean, there's, there's a guy that might be leaving Pittsburgh that could be an option too. He's serviceable. Yeah. Um, so for me, again, this is not something I really expect to happen, but I don't think it's outrageously out of whack with trades that could occur. I think going for the first over the, the second overall pick with New Jersey is probably a foolish task, but the idea here is we're upgrading on offense. Nothing's changing on defense goaltending. 
we're gonna figure out. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm open to trying to trade for that pick. Like, I think Garrett would be too. I mean, you're getting oh, the number sure. two overall pick, but I think if you're Tom Fitzgerald, like I, the the Devils GM, for those that aren't familiar, like, yeah. I mean, you better be damn sure what you're getting is worth the potential of what, you know, uh, it went, whether it is a Logan Cooley or a uh, Jiraj Lefkowski, I believe is the other guy's name, which um, honestly he right now is probably viewed as the number two guy, which makes yeah. me sad. So in this scenario, my dream doesn't even play out, but yeah, but I don't, I don't think there's like, a, I don't think it's like, I think Wright's kind of the clear cut number one. I think he's going to Montreal and like, I think most have Slavkoski yet too, but like, I think Cooley is like a pretty close third. Like, it's not like, yeah. You know, sure. Like the one year, whereas you know it was kind of it was Lafreniere, it was Byfield, and there was kind of a dip, and then the next year, right? Who's, like I don't, who's got the third pick? Uh, I, I'm forgetting. Someone that lost the lottery. It is it Arizona? Might be Arizona. So sorry, Cooley, that's gonna suck. <laughs> you gotta go play in a college ring. Yay! First, I'm in. That's that's motivation for him to play for the Gophers for a year at least. <laughs> <laughs> it, might, it might be a Mariucci might be a bigger arena. I don't know what what, what does Mariucci see? Oh, Mar- Mariucci's for sure bigger. <laughs> yeah, I see because the Mariucci it's probably, probably what ten thousand. Yeah, it's give or take. Maybe it's yeah. just short. I don't know, but because yeah. like M- MSU's five. like Mankato's, I believe sold out rank. I think is like forty eight hundred. So it's like basically the same size as Mankato's home rank. Which isn't that's crazy. Like it's it's decent size for a college ring, but like it's yeah, it's not big. (laughs) Jesus. Okay, so that's the Shifley end of it, and then a guy that I'll just throw out there. I don't know that there's interest. I don't know if he'd have interest in coming here, but a guy that you can probably get for a similar cap hit to Shifley would be a guy like a Vinny Trocheck, where again you're giving up in having a definitely a less talented player than Shifley, but you're also not giving up. Addison, Beckman, draft pick, whatever, you're getting him for nothing. Yeah, I mean, you're getting him at the expense of probably, again, Dumba, maybe Fiala, and probably one of your goalies. Um, but again, if you get rid of Jost Kulikov and one of the goalies, the money works. Yeah, sure. Um, for me, I probably don't do it. Like, I think there was a, I believe like one of Garen's first moves was, uh, was trade discussions with Florida. Um, when, um, uh, Trocek was there and I believe they asked for Brody and I think he kind of laughed at him, <laughs> um, which in hindsight was the right decision. Right. Um, which I mean, Hey, good for Florida. Like they identified a good Shoot player. Your shot. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but so like I, to me, the door on him might be closed. And just for it's like, well, but again, it, he's a free agent, right? But like, what do you, I mean, what's an ideal season for Vincent Trocek if he's your top center between Zuccarello and Kaprizov? And to be honest, in that scenario, I might not even put him as the top center, I might put him as like Boldy's center, which at that point, okay, so now you're spending, you know, a whatever six and a half million on a third line center right? like i just i don't think Whoa. like is he an Depends upgrade on how over... we label the lines but yeah yeah like is he an upgrade over the centers that we have yeah but is it is the upgrade worth the price he would cost probably probably not no and I just we'll like, see what he ends up costing but no i'm right like like i think shifley's like a clear step up over everything they had but like yeah. 
the, the point I was getting at before is like, what's your ideal Vincent Trocheck season? It's probably exactly what Ryan Hartman did this year. <laughs> like if we're being honest, like a 65, yeah. 30 goal score, like maybe he pushes for 70, 75 being a little so more skilled. My but... question though, who's more likely to have a Hartman season next year, Trocheck or Hartman? Hartman, honestly, like I don't yeah. like to me, there was nothing that Hartman showed like that made me think like, wait, this year is a fluke. Like his, did he have a I higher? Don't think, I don't think fluke, right? I'm not like, saying that he's he has crash. The, yeah. Like he has the chemistry. He didn't get power play time. Um, we know the power play needs an overhaul. So like, I think he should maybe get more looks there, but like, I don't know. Too. And it's just like, I think, I don't know. Trotrack's age either. What is he like? 26, 27, 28, somewhere in there. Yeah. He's mid upper 20, uh, which, which at those points in contracts, like all those guys are looking for term. They're looking for five, right. six years. And at, you know, to me, in my mind, like defensemen, different beasts, but forwards, I think there's kind of diminishing returns kind of once they hit 28, 29, like those first couple of years, you're still getting their prime and then they're going to start to fall off. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, Matt Zagrello, you know, an exception. He had a career year. Um, you know, we've seen some guys like the, you know, the Patrice Bergeron's, the Brad Marchands be good to their mid thirties, but that's rare. Right. So I think that's the other thing too. It's like, what does that term look like to get a guy like that in here? And what does the back end of those, you know, years look like at which point now you have more cap flexibility, you know, in whatever that is three years. So maybe that makes that more palatable knowing like, Hey, at that point, right. you know, but, and I think there's, you know, because the center market is so shallow and it's always a position people need, I'd imagine he's in, he'll be in a pretty good spot right. being he, I mean, I think Bergeron's a free agent, but I like, he's going to either come back to Boston or retire. Like, yeah. I don't think he's going anywhere else. Right. So like being probably the top center on the market is going to get him overpaid regardless. And I don't think I want the wild to be that team. No, and I agree. The only thing that's different is coming in and knowing you're going to be a top six center and probably have a decent chance of playing good time with Kaprizov. That's not saying that he's going to take a massive discount, but maybe that shaves yeah. a little off to make it palatable. But no, I'm I'm with you. One, to throw it in for conversation. But I think you said it pretty well there, and I'm, I'm in agreement that you're probably not bringing in a center that's, we'll call it $5 million or more, unless they're a noted upgrade for that top six, right? Yeah. So Shifley is which, that it's, it's a stretch to get him, but yeah. And which we, and which we know from experience getting that top six teams just don't trade. They don't trade those players. Like they don't unless, trade those unless they demand out. Yeah. Like unless they're absolutely like, I need out of here, which like, I don't think there's anyone really in that situation right I now. I think that's kind like it's not that blatant, but that's the reason I bring Shifley up is because he's talking about wanting out. Yeah. I did. Google his name um, while you were talking about him, and like the top three headlines were where GM says Shifley's staying in Winnipeg. Oh, all right. Um, posted today or yesterday. Um, but nice. GM's also like, <laughs> but GM's also like to smoke screen, right? Like, oh yeah, no. Bill, Bill Guerin also said that there's no way that Matt Dumba's leaving, and it's not possible that we'd yeah. consider him being traded. Like, because I think the key is like, because I think it's like. I think Garen may have stung himself a little bit when he said, you know, three good months of Fiala. Like he basically wrote off his own player. And like I, I, I think other GMs know what that is. <laughs> right. But but I think at the same time too, it's like, so you don't value this player as much, right? Like where if a GM says, No, this is my guy, they they know like, okay, he values his guy. Or like I think you lose a maybe not a ton, but like a little bit of leverage if you're not careful with your words. 
Um, Depends and, on how well you know Bill Guerin, though, right? Yeah, because but I, you but know I, what he's doing there. This is emotional Bill Guerin freaking out and covering up for Dumba more than it is trying to bash Fialt. Right, and, and beyond that, it's like GMs aren't stupid. Like they can look at the like they have access to cap friendly too. And right. I think Bill Guerin admitted like he's been on cap friendly before and used it. Which like, <laughs> which like, imagine being the guys who created that and hearing NHL GM like, hey, I I use your website to conduct my business sometimes. I don't handle think is not Bill Guerin. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I, you know, like, like GMs aren't dumb. They know what teams other cap situations are. They know where the wild they're at and what they'd have to do to keep Fial. Like they're not dumb. Right. Right. Um, so not like, I think the leverage in that has already been lost a little bit, but again, it's like 85 point wingers that are 25 and have, and you get to determine the next contract. Just that opportunity doesn't come up that often. Right. So there's value in that, but sure. anyway. All right. So well, that's pretty much all we have for this one. So Trochik's a hard aggressive no, and Shifley is sure if we can make it work. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I think I'd be open to Trochek if they could get him around like Eck money, but I just, I don't, I, I don't think he'll take that. <laughs> Again, probably not, but I mean, he's making Eck money right now. Right. If you and give I him, if like, okay, when you say Eck money, are you okay giving him? Five years, Ek money. Five by five is probably as much as I would go. Ideally, like yeah. four by five. I would maybe do that, but sure. But I mean, again, would I bet on that happening? Absolutely not. Yeah. Is there a world where I could see him coming in and saying I can play with Kaprizov and Zuccarello five by five? Fuck it, let's go. But all right. Well, that's a wrap on that one. Again, had to stray away from the realistic ones that we've been dropping and give you guys something ridiculous because we all know whatever Garen does, it's going to be crazy off the cuff and no one's going to be ready for it. Yeah. So maybe this will just happen to hit because it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think the benefit of this, though, was like, you know, how many extra things we had, like, okay, we want to trade for Mark Shifley. And then all the ripple effects, like, all right, now we had to do this at goalie. We had to do this at wing. We had to do this at defense. We had to lose these prospects and this pick. Like, it wasn't as simple as, like, just trade for Mark Shifley, right? Like, it was... For sure. There was, you know, there were eight other moving pieces because of that one move. So I think, at least from that standpoint, yeah. it, it makes it gives a good reference for how complicated this gets. It, very complicated, but I also think it, not for Shifley in particular, but when we look into trades, like I think it exposed how easy it is for us to move Jost or Kulikov or both and have it really not impact the roster. Right. Right. I think that's a good thing to have. But yes, it pretty much signals that if we want to bring in a guy like that, unless we're losing Dumba, which I think is less likely, we're not keeping both goalies, which I I don't know if that's actually something Garen wants or something he just talks about. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We That's, will see. It's the one area I, st I still don't know. So, Yeah. But anyways, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, as always, Brett joining. Follow him at B underscore Marsh 92, if I remember that correctly. You got it. At Sound the Foghorn for everything they've got coming up. I don't know. Do you guys have anything? This will So as we record, this will post next week. Anything you guys are planning on uh, recording for next week, Brett? <laughs> yeah, so by the time this episode comes out, um, I believe same – no, it'll be tonight when you're, if you're listening to this on Wednesday. Um, we will be recording um, – our off-season begins with our um, player-grade episodes. 
Um, so we'll be doing the forwards on the first one. So basically we'll be evaluating all, I believe it's 14 basically Minnesota wild forwards um, that played the majority of the season. We won't include Nico Sturm in there, but basically those, all the forwards, Delorier, Bukestead, Jost, Dewar, Duham, kind of all those guys. And then the other nine, um, we'll be evaluating them, giving them, you know, a, a grading scale, A to F based on how they performed relative to expectations. Um, so we'll, we'll explain what that means, but basically not like, so it's not like saying, oh, this player was a B, this player was a C player, B player that got a B was better. You know, player B performed above our expectation, you know, right? Yeah. So, so makes sense. that'll kind of be what that looks like. So maybe a little bit different than the traditional grading system, but I think that's a better way to frame it um, because I think there's a lot of players that are really good years and stuff. But like to me, like I expected to take, you know, I expected Capri to take a big leap. Was it to this extent? Maybe, maybe not. We'll talk about that kind of stuff. So forwards will be this week. Um, and then defense goalies um, the following week as well. So there we go. Uh, and then we'll have some more episodes and fun stuff after that. Probably a collaboration with some guys here at the Soda Pod before the draft. Um, which should be a fun episode when we get that around. So, yeah. There we go. Coming up. So, as you listen to this, uh, if Isha's on his game and this is out Wednesday, you will be able to listen to Brett and the boys tomorrow. If it's, well, just one of those days and Isha gets this out late Wednesday or early Thursday, then maybe you're listening to uh, Brett and them today. We'll see. But... Appreciate y'all listening and teaser for next week. Brett has a little bit more realistic approach on how you might want to trade Fiala to the New Jersey Devils. Tune back in, follow all of our work here at the Soda Pod, and uh, well, shit, it's been fun.